Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Welcome to mini episode 262 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have four spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from January the 31st 2023 and story number one comes from Tiff. Trigger warning my story contains suicide. This past October while I was in Niagara Falls Canada for my birthday I received the most heartbreaking news. One of my best friends had taken her life. There is no way to process such a loss. We drove home right away and I immediately felt a presence. I have always been a believer in the paranormal. I saw my dad's ghost in the basement after he died and I've seen my dear cat who passed away in 2020. The day after we returned home from our trip, I wanted to go to Lisa's house. We took her favourite pizza to her partner and I stood at the spot where she had died. As we climbed up the steps to the attic, they grew colder and colder and I could feel my friend there. My friend was a transgender woman who had been rejected by her family. She and I spent 2021 very depressed and trying to come to heal from our childhood traumas. When her family received the news of her passing and began to make arrangements, no one from her chosen family was allowed to help and we were only given 30 minutes of time at her viewing. The day of her viewing, as I was in the bathroom getting ready, a fluff of cat hair began to float in the air. The vent was not on and there was no air blowing in the bathroom. I filmed on my phone and as I was talking to Lisa's partner, the fluff of hair would bob up and down. As I was talking to my friend, the fluff would continue to bob but stay in the air. I've shown this video to a few people and I do not care what anyone says, I believe that Lisa was telling me she was there. This was in October and there have been a few other instances but this one. And I am in wonder and baffled. This story is so upsetting for many ways. Um, First of all, I just want to say that I'm so sorry for the loss of your friend. Chosen families are so important and they're so important for people in the LGBTQI plus community. Sometimes, as as this story shows, a family may not be accepting of somebody's sexual identity or their gender identity for myriad reasons and you end up with a chosen family. And Tiff, you knew your friend in such a way where you helped each other through your trauma and where you were there for one another and you were each other's chosen family. And therefore, I think you would know if if she was there after she had gone. And I hope that you and your friends find comfort in the way that she chooses to show herself to you, whether that's cold spots or some cat fluff blowing in the air, whatever it is, I hope it brings you some sense of comfort. And story number two comes from Emmy. It was late June of 2022 and I had taken some time off from my career and was working on farms across the United States. At this time I was working on an organic farm in Georgia 
and harvesting flowers to make bouquets for the farmer's market. Because I was the only one in the field harvesting that day, I decided to put on an episode while I was working to help the time pass. I listened to mini-episode 17, Sea Turtles. In this episode, one of the stories was from a girl who lost her dad in 9-11. She shared several instances where her father had shown up for her family with different signs, showing that he was still there and actively watching over their lives. The story got me pretty choked up and I had to stop listening because it reminded me of my mom and sparked a bit of jealousy within me. My mom passed away in June of 2013 when I was 14 years old and that day on the farm was almost nine years to the day of her passing. Now I firmly believe that family members can visit after they've passed but it had been years since I'd felt my mom's physical presence near me. I no longer saw her in dreams nor through signs and the more time has passed, the more I wish I could see and feel her again. I continued my work on the farm, admiring the beauty of the flowers and reminiscing on some of my favourite memories with my mom. The main memory I fixated on was when we would sit in her bed together around the holidays, watch her favourite TV shows and eat peppermint ice cream right out of the pint. It was sweet and something I wished I could have done that night except that peppermint ice cream is seasonal and it was in the middle of summer. After work that day, still feeling a bit down, I went to the grocery shop and as I completed my shopping, wandered to the ice cream aisle for a pick-me-up. Then, on that aisle, I couldn't believe my eyes, as there was an entire section top to bottom with peppermint ice cream. This was completely bizarre, as I've looked countless times before and never seen it. Even in winter, I've had trouble finding this specific ice cream. I felt as if it was my mom offering me a little sweetness to end a tough day. I bought a pint and a few minutes later got into my car with a lighter heart. Ready to drive home for my night of peppermint ice cream and movies, I pressed shuffle on a random Spotify playlist and the first song that came on was called I Am With You. At this point I began to cry. It had been a tough day and I hadn't felt my mom in years. She knew and saw that I needed her and showed up for me that evening. Loss is hard and the grief never really goes away. This summer will be 10 years without my mom, but I hope this story can help remind me and everyone else who has lost a loved one that we are not alone. Our people are always here with us. I'm not going to say too much on this one because I feel like Emmy has said everything that needs to be said. And if the amount of people that email into this podcast to say that their loved ones have you know, shown themselves to them in one way or another or they felt their presence, then I think we can safely assume that they're looking out for us, whether we receive those signs or not. And if you're anything like me and have a terrible attention span and uh, are not very good on details, maybe you just don't see the signs. And I wonder if in those early days of grief, where grief is really acute, that that person is around more because you need it more, because it's so raw and so painful, And then as time passes and you slowly get stronger and stronger, maybe that's why you don't see or hear them or feel them as much as you did previously. Oh, that story's made me all emotional. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite 
of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And story number three comes from Liz. This first story comes from my time on the night shift. We had a very unfortunate and unexpected death of a young woman in room two. We were all pretty shaken up about it, but the beds in this particular hospital were hot commodity. And after her family said their goodbyes, there was a new patient in that room within an hour. The woman was middle-aged, otherwise healthy, and had a routine thoracic surgery. When she arrived, she immediately said, It smells like death in here. Now keep in mind, we do not allow a patient's body to stay in the room long enough for there to be a smell of death. The room is also thoroughly cleaned and if anything just smells like bleach. Due to privacy laws, there's also no way the woman could have known someone had just died in there. We brushed it off and went about our night. An hour later, that patient hit her call light and asked us why there was someone standing in the corner of her room. We saw no one there. Now, sometimes when patients are in the hospital for an extended period of time or on certain medications, they may start to hallucinate. However, this woman was completely alert and oriented and had no other signs of confusion or disorientation. We reassured her again and went about our duties. The next day, that patient discharged and a new one was admitted. This patient had a new tracheostomy and therefore could not speak. There is a speaking valve patients can use, but we don't give them to the patient for at least a week after their surgery. I was right outside the room, about to go in, when I heard a piercing scream come from inside. I hurried in to find the patient sleeping, knowing full well there was no way she could have made that sound or their tracheostomy. I checked the patients next door and they were also asleep. And the next day, we found two handprints on the window. The second story is from just last week. I'm now a charge nurse on a step-down unit. We had a patient who was still in the hospital, but on hospice care and not expected to make it home. We were just giving her meds to keep her comfortable and providing emotional support to her and her family. I came on shift to find she had survived the night, but her oxygen saturations were dropping quickly. We gave her morphine and I checked in with her family. They could tell she was getting closer to the end and were visibly upset, so I called the chaplain for more professional spiritual support. The family expressed not knowing if the patient was truly at peace. Luckily, the chaplain had had a conversation the day before with the patient about forgiveness and about her specific religious beliefs. The chaplain knew the patient had been at peace after their conversation and she told the family this. Later, she told me that right after she said this, she felt a touch on her arm by some unseen force. She turned to look at the patient and watched her take her last breath. The energy in the room was palpable and not like something I've ever felt before. It was as though the reassurance her family had just received had allowed her to pass, or maybe it was just a coincidence. I'm not sure, but we all definitely felt something in that room. These stories are so fascinating, these stories about death and hospital rooms where death has occurred. That that first woman saying it smells like death in here has given me the heebie-jeebies because I can I can testify to that even though I didn't work in a traditional like medical hospital in that sense 
I have been around dead bodies a lot and I've been around dead bodies that have not been embalmed or treated in any way and they don't start to smell immediately. It actually takes quite a while for them to start to smell. So I understand that there would be no way for there for there to be a smell of death <laughs> in that room in in the sense that in the traditional sense, in the biological sense, it just wouldn't be there. And you also just wouldn't tell a new patient somebody just died in this room. That's why you got that bed. And what's the story with the scream and the handprints on the window? What's that all about? And I do think that something weird, something that we don't understand happens around the time of death. I know that cynics listening will be rolling their eyes, but I, I just, I feel like I've heard too many stories from people both on the podcast and away from the podcast that make me think something, something happens around the time of death, something spiritual, something otherworldly that we just don't understand. There was a story recently on the Ghost Huns podcast that was about a nurse working in a nursing home and having an experience similar to this that gave me goosebumps. Ghost Huns is well worth going to check out, by the way. But these stories are everywhere. They happen all the time. I had a friend recently who experienced a loss and they were present at the time of the loss and they said that they knew it was going to happen because something happened in the room that they couldn't explain what it was but something happened like the energy changed the air changed everyone in the room felt it and they knew it was going to happen and you often hear these stories about people who don't pass away until a certain family member comes to visit they somehow hold on until they get to see that person or until something that is causing them anxiety has been rectified or whatever. And look, these stories just give me the heebie-jeebies. And story number four today comes from Bree. This is not my story, but my husband's from long before we met. He is extremely sceptical, but he is also open-minded. He can usually explain strange things away, but this one definitely stumped him. When I was 21 or 22, I lived on Oxford Circle in Oxford Manor, an apartment complex built in the 1970s in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. I had lived there for two years and was getting ready to move out. I had absolutely no experiences or negative feelings whatsoever, there or anywhere else, until my final two nights staying there. I was getting ready to move out and most of my things were emptied from the apartment other than what I needed to sleep there those final nights. It was the second to last night before leaving and it was around 3am. I woke up completely and immediately frightened, going from asleep into fight or flight mode in a fraction of a second. In one fell swoop, I pushed upward against a dark figure hovering above me while reaching over to turn my lamp on with the other hand. An incredibly heavy pressure on my chest was partially why I pushed up and away from myself and it took an immense amount of strength and energy to do so. It had been as close to my face as it could possibly be while still being in focus, but the face was pitch black and featureless. In the second it took to turn my lamp on, the figure vanished. I remember feeling as though it were a feminine presence, and though I don't remember seeing any hair in a strange way, I sensed long, stringy hair. I didn't sleep the rest of the night but went about my day after laughing it off. The next and last night, everything but my bed, dresser and nightstand were gone. I went to sleep and remember waking up just once to go to the bathroom and going back to sleep. I woke up again but was abruptly woken up by nothing at all. No sound or touch of any kind, I just woke up. 
I lifted my head and stared straight down at the foot of my bed to see a tall woman in a red dress that hung loosely off her emaciated body staring at me. She was easily over six feet tall and disproportionately lanky, her limbs long and thin, her cheeks sunken and her eyes either missing or just flat black. The movie Coraline hadn't come out just yet, but looking back I remember her looking similar to the other mother, the way she looked towards the end of the movie, even the hair. The moment I saw her, her body turned and strode towards the door to leave, but her head remained directed right at me. Her posture was not poor, but her long neck stuck out forward instead of up as it supported her head. I'll never forget the way she moved. Her movements were rickety and strange. Imagine a stop-motion animation movie with every few frames of film removed. Her movements were slow, but each movement was as if it were trying to catch up to how fast she could have been moving. I shot out of bed and was no more than a second behind her as I followed her out the door, still able to see her the whole way. I was angry, half believing someone had actually come into my apartment. I was in a very real fight-or-flight response, fully feeling that I was responding to a real and natural threat. Once she turned out of my doorway, she was gone. I was immediately flipping lights on and began yelling at her to come out and show herself, but I was completely alone. That description of the woman gave me goosebumps because she sounds absolutely horrendous with her long limmy self. This is no shade to naturally long limmy people. But there is a supernatural element to long and limmy when it becomes too long and limmy. What is the point where it's too long and limmy? We could be really cynical here and be like, oh, it's probably just sleep paralysis. But I think the whole point of sleep paralysis is in the name in that you are paralysed. You are unable to move, but it seems that in both instances with Bree's husband, he was able to move. And he was able to move immediately, not a case of lying there for a few minutes paralysed and then being able to move. It seems as though he was able to move immediately. So that's terrifying. And why did it only happen then? If there was nothing that happened prior to that, why did it only happen then? But also, is there actually nothing that happened prior to that? Or is Bree's husband potentially ignoring or dismissing things that happened previously because Bree's husband is not a believer. Like, was this entity flipping light switches, moving things around, doing the general poltergeisty type stuff, and then it got to the point where she was like, well, he's, he's fucking moving now. He hasn't even... Right, we're going big guns. We're going all out. Bring out the long-limbed, long neck, <laughs> rickety walk woman. <laughs> and we'll see who's the non-believer then. Also, I'm about to say something that's probably going to shock a lot of people, but I've never actually seen Coraline. And I don't know if I want to watch it. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Thank you to Tiff, Emmy, Liz and Bree and Bree's husband for sending in their stories. Remember, the last story came from January the 31st, 2023. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. 
So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.